Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So before we jump into the interview today, I wanted to announce some news of what's happened this week since the last episode where we had Brian Jones on. Um, which you haven't listened to, I'd highly recommend you go and check it out. The first bit was is that we're actually shipping on August the 8th an introduction to Office 365 Development live webinar with a in in-person chat with our engineering team and our TPM team when we do go live on August 8th. It starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, West Coast time in Seattle, so you can kind of jump on that. If you can't make it live on the 8th, we'll actually, from that point on, you'll be able to watch those things on demand. And this is one of seven courses we'll actually be shipping. And if you check out the blog post on, um, on blogs.office.com, you'll be able to see the roadmap of what courses are coming and when. So I'm really excited. It's something I've been working on as part of my role in the, in the, in the developer team underneath Chris Johnson. And um, it'd be great to get your feedback on that live Q&A and the, and the webinar content. And I'm looking forward to sharing the rest of the content we've got coming down the pipe there for that. The other cool one we've got is that uh, Richard Desariga was on a Office Garage series show at the TechEd North America, which was run a few months ago, uh, which was about what's new in the world of apps for Office. Richard's very well known for building some really cool samples on top of apps for Office, apps to SharePoint. He's been doing some amazing stuff with the Yammer APIs as well. So if you're not following Richard Desariga, I'd highly recommend you check his stuff out. And then also Frank Marasco, who I met for the first time this week, actually, top guy over from Europe working very closely with Vesa Juvenen and Steve Walker on the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, which is the Office Developer Patterns and Practices. And he actually wrote a blog post about um, how you can sideload SharePoint provider hosted apps into a uh, SharePoint online tenant or on-premises tenant, and the ways you can do that imperatively via uh, CSOM code as well. So go check that blog out. It is actually referencing a sample around what we've shipped in the Patterns and Practices stuff at the beginning of this week and obviously we're going to talk a bit more about that in the show but I'm really excited that we've shipped that stuff this week as well and then lastly Adam Tuff who I actually bumped into today as well who's recently joined Microsoft uh, much like myself I mean he's in the uh, Premier Services division so I'll be working with him quite closely it seems because he's building out a bunch of content for training customers that are interested in purchasing Premier Services uh, from people like Adam Toff. And he's written a blog post called How to Manage Office 365 Azure Active Directory when you're logged in as a Microsoft account and really talking about how you can then use the Azure AD to then talk to the Office 365 APIs to connect into those services that are available. So I'm hopefully I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more from Adam as he's kind of ramping up on the Premier Services stuff and seeing what customers are asking. So if you're not following Adam Toff's stuff, I'd definitely recommend checking his things out. He's done some great, great posts over the time and it's um, great to see him investing in some of the newer stuff around Office 365 APIs as well. And you may have noticed that we've also updated dev.office.com. If you go there right now, you'll see uh, a very new splash page for us. So go and check that out. Um, and as I've always said, please engage with us on the Office 365 technical network on yammer.com. We're still looking for feedback. It seems like the workflow vote has definitely won its path. And I actually watched, uh, we have an internal conference at Microsoft we call Tech Ready, and it's Tech Ready 19, and we run them every six months. And Alex Randall, who's um, done quite a few sessions at TechEds and 
SharePoint conferences in the past around workflow, did an amazing session today, and we're actually going to ship this the content that he demonstrated internally to Microsoft into that GitHub Patterns and Practices repo. So I think I'm going to get him on the show to talk about workflow uh, because it seems like he's really pushing it with the customers that he's worked with around how to be building Visual Studio workflows that call off to SharePoint, REST APIs in the host web, in the app web, um, and even triggering additional workflows from those REST APIs based on the new API that's shipped. So um, I, I, I think workflow's going to win, but I'd love to see so, who comes out second best. So if you haven't already voted on that Yammer survey, please follow the link um, in the show notes and, and, and engage there just so we can see how many people are interested in driving where this podcast goes in the future. Hello again for another week. I'm here with uh, Vesa Yuvenen and Steve Walker today. Um, we're in uh, Building 43. It's beautiful sunny outside and we're stuck in meeting rooms um, running a hackathon while Aaron Isom's running a hackathon. We're, we're just here to help out, unblock some of these guys as they're building their samples. Um, so um, we wanted to chat today about a few things that Steve and Vesa have been doing and um, take advantage of the fact that they're here for the Tech Ready Week, which is an internal, internal conference. It's, uh, it's my first conference as a Tech Ready, but maybe Steve is... I know you've been to a few. What, what, what is Tech Ready for Microsoft? Yeah, so for those of you that are familiar with uh, what, what Tech Ed is and what SPC is, we actually run a conference internally within Microsoft for all of our field folks. Uh, the vast majority of our field uh, is worldwide. Um, twice a year, we bring, uh, I'd say, about half of those folks uh, to Redmond, and this is our chance to get to spend time from the, you know, with the engineering team um, and, and learn about the latest and greatest and, and the challenges that we're seeing in the field. Uh, and help those guys understand how best to support their customers. So it's an excellent opportunity for us to engage with uh, with our wider field force. Yeah, and, and so last week was MGX, which was down in Atlanta or Hotlanta. Yeah. It was really hot down there. Um, and that was the sales guys, more, more or less, whereas this week is more of the TSPs. Uh, the technical, technical the technically focused yeah. folks. So yeah, yeah, mostly the TSPs and uh, yeah, technical solution specialists right. and the SSPs. Uh, and also our MCS consultants and, and the PFE, uh, which are premier engineers. field engineers. Yeah. Uh, we like to throw acronyms around here at Microsoft, and we'll <laughs> probably make a couple up on this podcast while yeah, we're here. Yeah, that's right, just to, just to throw people off, right? That's right. <laughs> um, so that all kicks off tomorrow downtown in Seattle. Um, we've actually got the Office 365 developer keynote, um, which we're going to be kind of introducing a new few, new few things to the field. So it'll be interesting to get their feedback before we test it with the, the public further down the track. So I'm kind of looking forward to the reactions as we start disclosing some of that stuff internally. Yeah, it's always fun to see uh, them try to digest the new stuff and yeah. translate how they're going to message that to their customers. That's great feedback for us to see yeah. how things are going to land in the market. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of, that's great feedback being said this week. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we won't all be drinking beers while yeah. we're doing that. Yeah, right. Um, so just to do intros, Steve, um, how long have you been at Microsoft? What do you currently do in your role? And how would that relate to people listening to the show? Yeah, so... Um, I am on the Office 365 customer advisory team. Um, I'll give you a little bit of history about that. So I, I joined Microsoft in uh, 2007 uh, as an MCS consultant. Um, worked for a couple of years out in MCS and actually became a SharePoint Ranger, um, which is really kind of our best and brightest uh, SharePoint folks in the field. Um, we worked with our largest customers to help them understand new and novel ways to uh, accomplish what they were after. Um, so I worked uh, a lot with Veza uh, in that time frame and, and folks like Steve Peschka and uh, Oleg Kaufman, uh, Luca Bandinelli, uh, for any of you that know those names. Um, 
And then I had an opportunity about three and a half years ago to, to come up to Redmond. Um, so I had, during that time where I was a SharePoint Ranger, I got to spend a lot of time interacting with the engineering teams and let them hear the feedback from these customers and let them know the problems and how we could potentially fix it. Um, and so I, they brought me up to Redmond and, and gave me a job to be that voice of the customer uh, within the engineering teams. And so about half of my, our time on CAT is spent interacting with the field teams and with uh, partners and customers. Um, not for just every big problem that they have, but for things that we don't have great documentation on or things that we know the next thousand customers are going to run into. That's where the CAT team can get engaged. Um, and then the other half of the, the time that we spend is actually liaison with the engineering team and help give them feedback uh, as, as though we were a customer and let them know, you know, maybe what they could do in their designs a little bit better to help uh, accomplish these customer scenarios. So, okay. Yeah. And so how long have you been doing that role now for? So I've been doing that role for about three and a half years. Um, now the CAT team has shifted, so we took, uh, you know, every product used to have their own CAT team, and now what we've done is about a year ago, um, we, we merged all the CAT teams together across office, and so we have one shared CAT team. Um, we have folks that focus on SharePoint, we have folks that focus on Exchange, we have folks that focus on, focus on Link. Um, having a dev background, um, you know, I was a guy who, uh, in the words of my ex-boss, twisted and bent SharePoint in ways <laughs> that were never envisioned. Um, I really wanted to focus on those development and extensibility scenarios and I was really excited about the new app model and the way that we're looking at Office 365 as a platform and uh, no longer will we be building you know, inbox solutions on top of SharePoint. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah, if I ever have to do another incoming uh, uh, email to a list, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just scream. <laughs> so. Um, so I was really excited about that opportunity and uh, Pitched the you know uh, p pitched the value of having development focused cats and they let me uh, they kind of let me have a little rope and work with the developer platform team and uh, I think we got some really good feedback and so with that uh, we actually were able to bring on another cat so we have two O three sixty five dev cats now yeah and so that guys sidelines straight away nicely to uh, Vesa who is in town from Finland for how how long are you here for uh, I'll be here in one and a half weeks so okay. not more than that. So you'll just acclimatize the time zone and you leave. Precisely. <laughs> Back home, 10 hours time difference. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've just recently joined this CAT team, right? This yes, is, so I, I joined CAT team three weeks ago. So it's yeah. three years for Steve, three weeks for me. Yeah. And so. yeah. um, what were you doing prior to the CAT? So before I came part of the BG, I, I've been working as a, a consultant, SharePoint consultant from 2006, like no, November, October 2006. So eight years as a SharePoint consultant, 24-7. SharePoint bending and, and customizing and infrastructure as well. Yeah. And I think most devs would have at least hit your blog posts with Google being Hopefully. searches most definitely. I mean, I've used your stuff for a long time on various different things. You always seem to be kind of at the bleeding edge in terms of new tech coming and playing with it. And I think it, the helpful part was that, you know, you had that reach in with engineering to be able to see you over True. some of the hurdles, right? True, yeah. I've been, I've been working with engineering actually quite a long time as yeah. part of the Ignite, 2010 Ignite, 2013 Ignite. Uh, I was working, working as a ranger two years as well. Um, so I've been really closely connected to the, uh, to the engineering. Uh, at the same time, I think for me, at least my blog post always tries to be real life. Yeah. Uh, customer scenarios that try to explain why, not yeah. just the new shiny thing yeah, yeah. Uh, thingy, and and that's probably the reason why I'm actually getting quite a lot of reads, which is good. Yeah, now, same like you mentioned, Steve Peshka. Who else in that realm would you say is in a similar kind of 
blogging pattern with the real world kind of Kirk Evans, Kirk uh, Evans yep. Kirk's SAX uh, field person as well. So now nowadays doing something else, but still, yeah. We still keep pulling him in. He'll be on the yeah. show soon. We're not going to let him get away. Yeah. I'm sure, he can go over there and work on it. I'm sure he's Azure. listening to these secretly. Kirk, we will have you on this show. <laughs> yeah, and I think, Veza, we actually met uh, when you were instructing on the Masters. Uh, oh, the yeah. SharePoint the, Master's program. Yeah, the, so. the Microsoft Certified Master program. I was there a, a instructor for all of the 18 rotations. I was never sick. Yeah. And wow. I did 18 rotations starting from, was it, let me see. Uh, August 2008, all the way through last year. Yeah, and what were your what areas of the MCM did you do? So I was teaching all the, always how to do customizations, how to do full trust code yeah. uh, feature XML schemas on it XML, how to do that in a proper way. So, yeah, okay. Which is kind of silly that now I'm teaching how people actually get rid of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, you spent years making work for yourself. Yes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I teach like eight years people to actually do customizations in a SharePoint. Yeah. Uh, or using Fortress code, and now I'm kind of explaining how to get rid of the Fortress code, which is ironic. Yeah. Well, that's a very interesting point because I did the same thing. I mean, I, I was a firm believer when SharePoint 2007 came out, and I saw the platform. Even though we didn't have the greatest content when it, when the when the product launched, the platform we didn't have any content. Well, yeah, okay. To be fair, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would hit F1, and it would say insert help topic here. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, we, I was a good enough dev to be able to use Reflector and and you know find things that I needed and tear pieces of the product apart and see how the engineering team built it. And I could really tell that that platform had legs. And we really built a lot of really cool and innovative customizations, but they were very deeply invasive into SharePoint, right? right, right. Which is just the nature of full trust code. Um, and I've, uh, you know, when I first came to the CAT team for about six months, they they let me be um, on point for the heated customer escalations around full trust customizations. And so I like to think that they were trying to beat the field out of me. Um, <laughs> but I think what they really wanted me to see was that uh, um, taking that approach can really end up with a really high support cost and a lot of risk to the stability of the platform. Yeah. And so that's why, uh, you know, it is a paradigm shift for folks to think about going from the way that we've known and loved SharePoint for years to this new new app model um, and this new approach to doing things. But uh, in the long run, it really is the best thing for our customers and the best thing for us. Yeah, and, yeah. and for and the field and for the developers, because I, I personally clearly, I, I, I'm definite about the fact that actually app model is more flexible absolutely. than the Fortress code. Yeah. It's yeah. just the fact that, to be honest, our, our guidance or the solutions and how we've been messaging that, we, we need to improve that. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we've been, been working on heavily. So that's right. Yeah, I think we were talking earlier on today. We've uh, got some guys building some samples on ASP.NET MVC and calling out to the Office 365 APIs, and it looks great. You know, it's got Angular and Bootstrap all built into it as well. Um, but as a SharePoint dev, I've never touched ASP.NET MVC yep. before because you were stuck in ASP.NET WinForms 3.5, and yep. and so for me, it's great. You know, having to learn these new things and be more on par with other web developers that are, um, you know, in the Microsoft ecosystem, but also the more the global web developer ecosystem as well. True. True. Yeah, and when I pulled my head up out of uh, doing SharePoint development um, you know, over the last couple of years and seeing what kind of innovation was going on outside of that realm, it was truly amazing to me how far the industry had gone. I right, mean, you were right. calling out some of these libraries and approaches yeah. and things. Um, so it's, it's, it's reinvigorated me that I'm getting to learn new stuff. Yeah. I'm not just... Uh, you know, recycling the, the SharePointisms anymore. Yeah, and, and part of it, and, and you know, we've messaged this on shows before around the benefits of the app model, and feedback in conversations since then has been more of a, 
well, yeah, but the FTC, the full trust code side is more flexible and there's things I can do in that I can't do in the app model. And I think um, about kind of three or four months before um, I joined in, in the end of March, I came across this thing called Office App Model Samples. Um, and I was amazed at how many samples were there for things that I thought you couldn't do with the app model. It turns out, well, actually you can. Uh, and this is a project you guys have been working on. So, Vesa, do you want to kind of talk about like, what Office App Model Samples is and, and, yep. and where we've matured it to this week with the new launch? Yeah, so, so Office App Model Samples, well, actually it started with an internal name called GAPS. Uh, that was our internal project where we actually started thinking, what are those gaps in the app model? Uh, and we started creating kind of a workarounds or samples, how you can do app, appified stuff based on what you did in the FTC or Fortress yeah. Code. Uh, and we did that internally because, first internally, because we didn't have to have then any publishing approvals or anything like that. Uh, we did few releases internally and people really loved it. Yeah. Uh, and then we started thinking that, wait a minute, so we, we clearly have something powerful because we're showing stuff and, we, and it's a collection of samples which are aimed for certain topics. Uh, even though we shared some of that using the blog post, it wasn't kind of an efficient way for the field to get it. Um, so we started thinking on getting that for broader audience as well. Yeah, when we, we, we first started really pushing on the new app model, uh, we, we got a lot of pushback from, from customers, right, yeah. and from field folks. And some of that came from, um, you know, I've just always done it this way and I need to do it exactly that way or I'm not going to go to the new app model. And so Vez and I started collaborating on how can we... Uh, break that log jam. How can we get people over the, the hurdles? And so we thought the really the only way to do it was to roll our sleeves up and actually start building some solutions and sure. working for some customers and, and, and trying to actually do it. Um, so we picked a few customers and you know each of us uh, kind of you know dove in and, and tried to figure out how best to do this. Uh, and then since I was on engineering and Veza was in the field, um, it was a great partnership because um, Veza has a great blog that gets a lot of traffic. So we were able to real quickly get you know some stuff out there. Uh, but then when we came across hurdles where we just couldn't do what we needed to do for the for the uh, app model. with the app model, yeah. you know, I was able to help get DCRs filed to the engineering team What's the DCR? and uh, design change requests. Yeah. Yes, so uh, you know, a, a, adding additional things to the, the client side object models and yeah. the REST APIs so that uh, we could we could accomplish those. You know, one notable one I'll just call out was real simple was. Uh, adding the ability to set the ID of a content type that you create programmatically. Thank you so much for that. Yes, you're welcome. Because yes, while it's great to be able to create it, I'm going to have to update that thing at some point in the future and upgrade it. Um, so yes, it's nice to and, be able to refer. And I really that. think that the kind of a key difference on what we were uh, started doing, it was not a focus on the marketplace. The marketplace is important, or the store. Yeah. The, the, app store uh, the apps in the store are really, really important stuff as well. But our existing customers have invested significant amount of, of money on their existing full trust code yeah. um, and we really wanted to kind of concentrate on okay so we need to get these enterprise customers and all of our customers on the app model as well so how can we help them on making that happen or how can we help field on, on showing how you can actually right. do that and yeah. so you had like a backlog of things that were being requested mm -hmm. by customers, right? And you That's just, right. You've chipped away at them. And yep. So and we started out internally, with like, like as I said, we had a project just Skunk Works. It was just yeah. a few of us that kind of got together and started, we called it Gaps. Um, yeah. Actually doing weekends and evenings. Weekends, evenings, yes. It was a, a, a yeah, yes, it was a spare time project at first. Uh, and it was a spare time project for Veza even beyond that for a long time. But uh, 
we saw so much pent-up demand for that that uh, a lot of folks um, thought we should publish that externally. And so that's where the Office App Model Samples was born. Right. So we opened an open source project out there on CodePlex. Uh, well, not well, not open source. We yeah. were dropping releases out on yeah, CodePlex. It was basically somewhere to put a zip file. It was yep. somewhere to put a zip file, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, and actually, Jeremy, it was you that talked us into uh, being a little more open and a little more collaborative with this. And, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you've been a big supporter of that. And so I think, yeah, actually, yeah. I'll, I'll, make, uh, I'll let Veza make well, our big announcement this the, week. Well, the big thing about zip file is that when you deploy a zip file, what if somebody found out a bug? That's right. Yeah. They can't fix it. Well, um, I, well, the amount of times I had to reference, like, here's the, here's the 10 lines of code in this project that you need for XYZ, right. which we've yeah. been doing all day with this hackathon, yes. right? Yeah. And it was very difficult to... Yeah. To so point people to where they and, need and to I go. got why you didn't use Coplex for your source control because you're already using TFS internally in our okay. own source control server. Yep. And it's great that you know, yes, there's been a few of us trying to convince you to <laughs> to move this. So, Vesa, do you want to announce what? So yeah, so the Office AMS, a big deal for us is now that it's actually growing up. So the Office AMS has been now or will be renamed, has been renamed as Office 365 Developer Patterns and Practices. So it's going to be now officially moved to the GitHub. So it's going to be open source. Uh, all of the external people, external field can actually contribute uh, on, on making those samples better and contributing, adding samples on the Patterns and Practices project of Office 365 Developer. Yeah, that's cool. No, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to this next phase of getting the community kind of engaged. And yeah. uh, I think the big one from a contribution I can see already is the the core areas of the the project. So, what what's the core? What? Yeah. So, so one of the things what we started seeing when we started initially writing samples is that all the time, for example, for branding or creating content types of one video, we started co copy pasting code. And copy pasting of the code is just silly. You always <laughs> need to have the same code when you're doing certain things. We understand what inheritance is, right? Yeah, we understand <laughs> inheritance and centralized components, yes. reusability of the code. So let's actually we started reorganizing the structure. And we came up with this core component, and the core component is essentially just abstraction layer for the REST APIs or the CSM APIs, so that the developers don't actually need to care: is it REST, is it CSM? It's a remote operation, yeah. Uh, and and it's actually doing automatic stuff for you, like one liner, one. It's their extension methods. One line of the code is for adding a web part in a certain column within that Wikifield page. Uh, normally it's like 50 lines of code. Yeah. So it's saving a lot of money and time for the developers to just get things done. Yeah, so. I'd actually, there was a few customers when I was in Australia as a consultant where we started building those things. Mm -hmm. So there was one big mining company where they had 100, 150 solution packages in you know, separate Visual Studio projects. Some may not be in source control, some might be on people's laptops. But they started to use this common core library yep. against all those projects. So it's great that we've got this Kickstarter. And now what I'm hoping will happen is the community will start doing that. Precisely. And they're going to add additional common things that people will be writing. And we can have a very good communal way of doing that. So yeah. I think there's huge, huge value in, in that core aspect. True. But I think from the, the gaps perspective or the, I kind of call it the myth busters, right? So it's like, well, you can't do that with the app model. Um, what are some of the common ones that you've got in there that... Um, you you kind of see that gasp of shock when you show show well that you know look, that's in there like what are well, some of the big ones? Well, the classic one what we've been showing quite a few times already, TechEd and SPC is is simply the the one try for business uh, branding. How you can actually automate the one try for business branding uh, for individual one side for business branding uh, sites. So how you can control the branding and coloring uh, applying that because in 
in SharePoint, in Fulcher's code, you used feature stapling in a farm level. In, in Office 365, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, what else would be kind of an answer? Well, there's the obviously the provisioning. So the, both the yeah. Well, that's actually a good point. I, yeah, the I provisioning. The provisioning one was one that uh, people stumbled on a lot. Um, yeah. So we've got I think two or three different approaches Quite to provisioning yeah. uh, in there. Um, and and one of the most recent ones, uh, which actually required DCRs at the at the engineering team level, was to allow us to use the client side object model to provision sites, whether they be in the cloud or on prem. Nice. So. Um, that was a big win, and yeah. uh, we're looking forward to that content coming out soon. Yeah. Um, timer jobs. Yeah. Timer do, jobs. People are just. Timer jobs. I was amazed at how many people said, "I can't go to the new app model because I can't do a timer job," and it just amazed me. And it's amusing they get so angry about it. It's like I hated SharePoint timer jobs. I did too. Yeah. I did everything I could Debugging to. Debugging those things. Oh, and yeah. it runs under the farm account, yeah. and yeah. yeah, all those problems. And so, you know, yes, you need to look at it a little different way. Um, but there's many different ways to schedule remote operations out yeah, on the, right. you know, you could use Azure uh, Web Jobs, you know, yeah. is, is kind of the approach that we're looking at right now. But uh, all doable, all possible. Um, now, obviously, you can't get to every single API that you can get to on the server. Um, but we think we've got the most important ones. And I tell you, uh, you know, user voice, we pay attention to that. We pay attention to these uh, enterprise customer engagements that we're doing. And when we find rocks we can't crawl over, we'll... Yeah. work with the engineering team to make sure that we can figure out a way around it or over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's great, you know, since I've been on board and obviously the work that um, the team, my team had done prior, prior to me coming was the, the message around this evolution of, you know, we got user voice started and yeah. and now with this project is kind of, they run in tandem, it tells that really strong story sure. of we are listening. That's right. Um, and we do understand the scenarios that are out there and, um, you know, to keep coming with more scenarios that you need. Yeah. And, and you came from external. I came from external. I was at right. Partners before yeah. I came to Microsoft Consulting Services. And, and a lot of times people out there think Microsoft is just this big uh, corporate entity and, and they, they try to tell us what they need and, and they never feel like we hear them. And yeah. then... Uh, so I think user voice is just an excellent way for us yeah. to let them know, hey, we hear you, we're engaged, uh, and you know we're working on it. And, and right. to dispel one of the myths um, around the fact that you guys actually do check in with engineering with these samples, right? Yep, all of the Office AMS samples have been approved by engineering as well. Uh, we do have a weekly, we were doing weekly follow-ups with the engineering. Well, now I'm actually part of the PT. <laughs> That's right. You can't, but, uh, you can't <laughs> call them engineering now, but... Yeah. <laughs> Sure, sure. I'm part of it. So. That's right. Anyway, but already before that, uh, we we had a weekly follow up of the, with the BG. We were discussing all of the things that we are doing. Uh, we're doing some funky stuff. We we, we introduced the app script part. We we're kind of doing showing how to do app development without that parts. We're mm -hmm. doing a lot of other stuff as well. But all has been signed. All has yeah. been plussed. So that's actually another really good example where the app parts themselves. You know, a little bit fixed in terms of the width and the height, and yeah. they have a notable number of limitations from being iframe based, right? Right. Um, and so, this new approach with the kind of the injection aspect is definitely something that I can see is more related to what people used to do in the web part world. Sure, that's right. Sure. Um, so again, that's up there. And did that ship with? Is that coming with this new one that's released? Um, Monday, so if you're listening on Thursday, it was uh, Monday. That we yeah, everything this. is actually in GitHub. Uh, it's already there. If you can find any, or if you want to, let's say, give feedback or submit a changes, please do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so right now, what we want to do is we want to get rid of on the on the thinking that it's a smaller group of people who are doing actually the samples. I, I would actually love to give the whole. 
a responsibility away. Uh, we want, <laughs> yeah, kind of. We yeah. want the field to actually try these samples. Yeah. yeah. Because the field knows what fields needs. That's uh, right. It's it's. We need to be honest on the fact that people in Redmond don't necessarily are always completely up to date what the customers and the field right. is actually uh, needing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have armies of smart people up here, and uh, you know, a lot of them came out of college and came into Microsoft to do development, and they build great product. Um, but they never, use, they've never really used it in anger in a customer. Or something. In anger, I like yes. the way you put it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think uh, to to back to your point though, Jeremy, every one of these approaches that we've taken, we make sure that the developer platform team or in any dependent team. Um, they sign off before we publish these samples. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a private repository that's not going to go public of the things we <laughs> feel bad about that we're working with engineering team to have better workarounds right. for. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, when we have big customers that are being aggressive and, and moving fast to the app model, they can't wait for two CUs. Right. You know, they need to be able to move around. And so uh, we have some, you know, some some workarounds we feel bad about, and uh, yeah. uh, we'll, we're working on DCRs so that we can have a way to do supportable things in the uh, you know moving forward, and then that's when the sample will move from our private repository right, right. you know yeah. to, to the app model. Samples. So so hopefully so. this will reduce the amount of gaps that there are essentially right, moving forward. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the uh, just in other news, the dev.office.com site just got rebranded as well on Monday. So it's been a big week for us. Um, and on that site, on the top navigation, there is a transform uh, navigation area, navigation page, and that links off to all the Office pat developer patterns and practices pages, and um, along with some um, some new stuff as well, which we'll talk about in another show, which is the uh, SPCAF tool that uh, Matthias has um, really excited about um, that. Yeah, has built. So we've got a. Well, let's give you a little bit of a sneak peek. They um, we've got a freemium version of the tool coming out, so that. Uh, anybody out there will be able to download it and run code analysis against their existing full trust code. Um, they've got a number of rules in this product mm -hmm. um, out of the box, but what we're going to be doing with the same team, so uh, Professor and Steve and the rest of MCS and PFE, is building out additional rules um, as and when we come across things that we can scan for and look for in full trust code. So some of the examples of like you know if you've got um, lots of event receivers, the report that's generated will show you you've got lots of event receivers, which obviously you'd have to migrate over to remote, remote event, event receivers. receivers. Yeah. Yeah. So that, the SPCAF stuff's all linked in those pages along with all this other stuff yeah. that these guys have been doing too. So when it runs the scan and it comes across an HTTP module, does it just go We should maybe put a DCR into SPCAF. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Nice <laughs> But uh, that's a good example, that, that it will show you this might be the problematic area. Right. That's right. But at the same time, the key point of, the, of that analyzing is what we learn is that when you think about the FTC to app transformation, it's not about analyzing, this is the FTC, I need to do exactly the same thing using that Correct. Model. Sometimes you have to rethink. Uh, precisely. Yeah. So it's oh. just take an alternative route or do you decustomize? And it's a perfect chance to think about, do we actually need to have all of this right. code? Yeah. Is it worthwhile after investment? And, you know, I, I, I cannot uh, second that strongly enough. Uh, even when I would go to customers who were using farm solutions and were going, to, you know, forward with their farm solutions back before we had the new app model, I cannot tell you how many times I went to a customer and I looked at what they built and go, mm. I have a story I told at SPC about a customer that I go in and they were about to throw SharePoint out the door because they thought this thing was just a horrible platform. And I go in and I look 
And they had 55 master pages and 47 page layouts and 186 <laughs> distinct web parts. Awesome. So they really just threw a bunch of .NET devs at this thing and said, go build us a Were they building site. a New York Times website? <laughs> <laughs> when we got done looking at that code and looking at what we could do to make that better, we ended up with one master page. 17 page layouts, and I replaced 126 of the 186 web parts with the out of the box content query web part. <laughs> yeah. um, so you can throw rocks at SharePoint all you want, but your developers can be their worst enemy if they don't understand that platform. And using yeah. this as an opportunity to evaluate those customizations, maybe it's on a site collection that nobody's using anymore. Yeah, do you right. still need it? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't mean that don't do customizations. That's right. Not at all. That's it's, right. It's still an yeah, yeah. awesome platform to do customization and yeah. host your apps. It means just that it's an opportunity to rethink That's right. what we actually yeah. have. So that, that tool's uh, you know going to be freemium soon, but it's a premium model right now. And actually, if there's any uh, Microsoft employees listening, they actually can register for a free license that's also run on their machine. So that's uh, something we've been working out with these guys. So that's going to be exciting. I think that the nice bit is for these large organizations, it was something manual I did with that, uh, the mining company where I looked and poked through all those different solution packages and looked whether they're using web parts and workflows and mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And this tool just does it. So it's going to be great for large enterprises that want to just assess what they've got to give them an idea about how much you know investment they'd need to do to move this over to the app model. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just to go to SharePoint Online. True. Um, it can be just to move it on to... Uh, SharePoint server um, to, to benefit from the new web dev model that you can do with the app model as well. Mm -hmm. And especially as we start hey. lining up new stuff as um, inside uh, SharePoint server with vNext, um, yeah, there's an opportunity to leverage that too. I mean, I can't say strongly enough that if you're an infrastructure guy that's responsible for your uh, on-prem SharePoint infrastructure, this new app model can be your best friend. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with folks who deployed updates from the developers and then the farm fell down on Monday right, morning right. when everyone hit it. So. Or yeah. the customization was plugging CU installation. Exactly. Or something exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuck on the installing stuff. <laughs> upgrading, upgrading. Oh. That's right. So um, but thank you very much for your time today, guys. I know um, we've been having some fun with the hackathon, guys. I'm sure we're going to go back there and they're going to have a ton more questions for us. On. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm blocking them. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what these guys have done, and um, we will share uh, what they've done in the hackathon today in GitHub too. So yep. um, we better check out. There seems to be a lot of Yammer stuff going on this week. I was amazed how yeah. much Yammer. Uh... I mean, I, I think I may have dropped some subtle hints as one of the judges. I'd like to see <laughs> some Yammer stuff, and pretty much every team took that as okay. We need to have Yammer in our solution. Yep. And, um, Every single one I've like, heard what they're doing is pretty exciting. Like I'm like, yeah, that is a really great scenario. It's not just for the sake of using Yammer. It does yeah. genuinely make, make sense in what they're demoing. So yeah. it's going to be good. I don't, I'm not sure whether I'm going to be like a Simon Cowell type judge or whether I'm going to be like a really nice, friendly, fluffy, you know. You guys are great. That's a good point. This is our chance to be actually take yeah. a Simon Cowell approach. We, we can pick which, who we want to be. Um, so yeah, again, thanks very much, guys. If there was one thing for me, each of you, I'll ask Vesta first, that you could leave, or um, for the Office 365 developers out there, something to do this week in their spare time um, around development, what, what do you think it would be? What, what would you advise them to do? Well, to be honest, I, I wouldn't say concentrate on, on the code. What I love to embrace and, and promote is the share, sharing. Because we all built massive examples, awesome examples, simple examples. They don't have to be super quality examples, but sharing that with somebody else and showing what you have, what you have done and how you have done it will give us tremendous value. Yeah. And that's what we try to do with Office, uh, office Patterns and Practices. 
because learning from others is, is the main thing. When you share, then the other guys will share you back, and so therefore we can build on the, on the common knowledge of community. Yeah, That's yeah. the whole thinking. Cool. And, and I really would just uh, support the statements that Vez is saying. I, yeah. I, the SharePoint community when, when in 2007 was really what helped this platform explode. Um, yep. I, I, I learned more from other folks in the community, um, names of folks that uh, now are, are household names in the SharePoint world, right. but at that point, you know, we were all trying to figure this out together. So it's a great opportunity for somebody who wants to, you know, get that next 10 years of their, their development career and, and start making connections is, yeah. you know, let's get yeah, out we'll, there. And well, we'll certainly be amplifying everything that's going on there. And um, to that point around credit, everyone's going to get the credit if they're contributing those samples. It isn't our internal team it's going to be credit to the community members yep. for each individual one so um, I'm sure you've all got projects that you'd love to share and feel like maybe you're not going to get the amplification but it's certainly something we can do with the community effort that we're doing yeah yep. and, and, and I would really also want to make sure that people understand we show patterns and practices it doesn't mean that it's a high quality 100% uh, it, it's the best code in the world not at all uh, we're showing a pattern how to do something. Right. It's a slightly different approach than what we did actually in 2007 and 2010, patterns and practices. But right. it, it's showing an example approach on doing something. Yeah, great. But hey, if the community wants to optimize our code and make it a little better, <laughs> yeah. they Don't can worry. submit a pull request. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks very much for your time, guys. And um, for those listening, um, we've got some really good lineup this week. Uh, obviously, we have Tech Ready in town. There's a lot of smart people in Seattle, which I'm... Uh, cornering to record shows with. Uh, this was one example of that, um, but I'm going to make sure I get Rich, Richard Desariga on one. Um, who else would you recommend this week for me to try and corner for a half hour? Oh, drag Kirk out of his Azure bubble. Come yeah, on. he was just trying to get Kirk this week. Okay. Uh, and then you got a guy in that room over there, John Cazell, who's never doing anything publicly, but he's one of the, I respect that guy a lot. You All should right. chat with him about what he thinks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll try and get him this week. I don't want to disturb him today because he's working. That's right. He's on the hackathon. He's, he's hacking away. That's right. But I, I will try and call him this week. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. And um, I hope you enjoyed the show um, listening online. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com WACDEV, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 technical network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.